Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to Under the Wing Helmet. I'm Kyle Simmons. And I'm joined by former Michigan and NFL offensive lineman Thomas Gwines and a host of the ASAP Elite podcast, Rob Penn. What up, dude? This week's episode is sponsored by Jabs Gym. Learn the fundamentals of boxing through high-intensity strength and cardio workouts with locations in Metro Detroit, the Eastern Market, Ferndale, and Birmingham. We would also like to thank Juke. You can buy their gear at jukefootball.com. Last Saturday, the number three Wolverines defeated that team down south 30-24 at the Big House. J.J. McCarthy went 16-20 of for 148 yards and a touchdown. Blake Corum had 22 carries for 88 yards and two touchdowns. Once again, O.C. Sharon Moore filled in for head coach Jim Harbaugh, and he delivered. Out coaching Ryan Day the entire game. The win is the third straight versus the team down south and puts the wins that put the Wolverines at 12-0 overall, 9-0 in the Big Ten. Thomas. 1,001, and we are ranked number two now, baby. Yes, sir. So, Thomas, I just want to get your views on uh, last Saturday's game. What did you think? Hey, I think it was a – it was one of those games that we expected to have. I was purely um, confident that we were going to win the game. But as I said during the last show, and I missed the spread by like one point. I said it was going to be five point, five points or less, and it was six. Um, everything came into fruition as I looked at the game. Um, I thought it was going to be a battle in the trenches. I thought we were going to have to play ball control football, get one or two, you know, chunk plays, stop their big plays, and get to their quarterback. Like I said last week, even just with pressure, even we weren't getting the sacks per se, just making him uncomfortable back there, he was going to turn over the ball. So we won the turnover battle. All of those things came into fruition. Now, the big question right now is, was this game overly costly to get the win? When we look at the injuries with uh, Will Johnson, and Zach Zenter. Uh, I'm a big proponent of next man up. So if those, obviously Zach's not going to be ready to go anytime soon, God speak to him and for a full and speedy recovery. But also when guys go down at Michigan, our motto has always been next man up. Just because you're second string doesn't mean that you aren't first string talent. Now you're getting your opportunity to show why we brought you here to Michigan. So we got to have that next man up mentality, get ready to go into this Big Ten championship game, press the gas against these Iowa Hawkeyes. What I'm looking for in that game is our ability to get these guys up out of the game early and step on their necks often. The Ohio State game is done. Um, again, great victory. I thought our offensive line did a really good job. I was concerned with their outside linebacker defensive end play as far as putting pressure on J.J., J.J. got pressured a couple of times, went out there and did what J.J. does. The rest of the guys stepped up, and um, great point by Rob. I really think that Coach Moore did a hell of a job as far as preparing his game plan and also being able to execute the game plan throughout the game and make the appropriate adjustments when necessary. It was a culmination of the first two uh, first two games. You know, uh, the first game that we played with uh, in a day era, you know, uh, we pretty much pulled it out with Hassan Haskins. I think he scored five touchdowns, but it was still a 
tight game. You know, uh, we couldn't believe we won last year. It was tight throughout the first half, and we made adjustments. We blew them out in the second quarter. This game, we pretty much played that same tempo. You get what I'm saying? It was uh, it was the, the real tenderization the entire game. You know what I'm saying? It was uh, it was poetry, uh, poetry in motion, should I say. You know, uh, we got hit, uh, but we hit him right back in the mouth with a couple more combo with, with, with a, with a two piece and a biscuit. You know what I'm saying? We always stayed out on top. We, uh, really exhibited who was the dominant team here. You know, uh, we played good around the board. You know, everybody was pretty strong. One thing I did, uh, one thing I did predict was the cornerback play from Johnson and how he would match up well with Marvin Harrison pretty much canceled him out. You know, and that was pretty solid. Uh, other than that, you know, uh, we pretty much – I thought that it would be a closer game. You know, I bet on Ohio State to cover, a matter of fact. You know, they got blew up, just like the rest of my bets the whole season. But, yeah, man, we're going to go on to uh, Iowa. We're going to the Big Ten Championship. Just like two years ago when we played them in the Big Ten Championship, and Corum's probably going to run for, for 200. You know, we're really going to really expose them. You know, so I'm looking forward to it. Now I do want to uh talk talk some more about uh that Zach Center in, injury. Um, it seemed like that injury to him actually kind of provided a emotional uplift because they scored on the very next play of uh, that run by Blake Corum. So uh, Thomas, uh, moving forward, since you're you know offensive lineman, how much of a loss is Zinner going to be moving forward through uh this Big Ten championship game and the college football playoff? Well, I, you know what, it's, it's going to be interesting to see Burkhardt had to go in and play guard, right guard. And I want to see the young man, number 53, uh, last name is Henderson, I believe, came out and played tackle. And I got to tip my hat to young Henderson, you know, you coming in and basically the biggest game of the season so far. And um, I thought he did a, a very admirable job, really good performance. So um, this is a guy that has been getting some playing time. Um, in key situations, bringing them in as an extra tight end, uh, things of that nature. So he's not new to playing, but now being that guy and working his way into the quote-unquote starting lineup is definitely going to be a uh, bit of an adjustment in jump form. But based off of what I saw, his ability to come in, and again, the biggest game of the season so far, he did a really good job. So um, I know when I played, there were times where guys got hurt one game, I was starting left tackle. Next game, I was the starting right guard. So the mm -hmm. and our um, luxury, if you will, to have guys that are able to play multiple positions on either side of the ball is is huge for us. So, yeah, we're going to miss Zach. We're going to miss his leadership. Um, we're going to miss his experience. But, again, I, I really feel like as far as our depth goes on the offensive line, we should be okay. So only time will tell right now, but I'm definitely – um, not uncomfortable with this current combination of offensive linemen. Just got to get Henderson some more reps, obviously putting in the work this week during um, practice time and preparation for the Big Ten championship game and just get Burkhart used to playing inside. In my opinion, obviously, is a lot easier because you don't have all the space uh, moving inside uh, to guard from tackle. So once the guys, I think, just kind of get on the same page, and again, these guys have been together all season. Everybody's in the same room. I'm sure there's during practice times, there's been some different combinations played with, 
So this isn't like we're just going to be fielding a brand new squad of offensive linemen that have never played before. So I'm still expecting great quality of production and consistency throughout this uh, championship run. I think that this is going to affect us during the playoffs, really, when we play against them real solid defensive lines. Because first of all, uh, this offensive line wasn't just that dominant in the first place to begin with, you know, as it was the last two years. We were solid, but we weren't the staple of the offensive line, wasn't the staple of the team this year. So I think that that spot might really show and maybe highlighted in the playoffs, and it may be it may affect the rush yardage per game, especially on that left side. Well, so, I mean, it's interesting that you speak about the playoffs because that was one of my questions as I sat here and pondered. Obviously, we still got to beat Iowa, but I'm confident that we're going to do that. But upon doing so, um, as we get into championship week here, Oregon versus Washington, Florida State versus Louisville, which team, obviously, it's going to be, yeah, I'm saying obviously because we're going to win. It's going to be us and Georgia as uh, two parties in, in the playoff. Who's going to be the other two? I'm looking Washington, at Alabama, Washington, Alabama. Or Washington, still, Texas. Washington, Texas. Or, or I'm still looking at Oregon and Oregon. Uh, Florida State. So Florida State will get popped, man, without that court, without the quarterback out, man. Well, Louisville like I said, with that being said, let's, let's but let's say Florida State pulls it off. Um, to my knowledge, I believe they're still undefeated. Yeah, but so, I, I watched. Uh, I'm sorry to cut you off. I watched Rodemaker last last week, especially going against a terrible Florida team. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Louis, the, the thing is, Florida can't score. Louisville can. Rodemaker can't throw. It's gonna. Uh, it's gonna. That that number four spot is gonna be open. Mark. So that which is which which is my point. Who's going to pose the biggest problem? My. I don't want to use the word fear, but what causes me the greatest bit of apprehension, if we got to play Oregon, Oregon is very, very physical on both sides of the ball. Um, obviously, they got a great quarterback and are able to take the top off. Um, and it's a to me, it's a contradiction in styles where Oregon um, seems to be able to get those huge chunk plays and, and play with great athleticism. We, on the other hand, especially offensively, we're looking to grind it out. And it's, you know, as you said before, Styles make fights. But mm-hmm. again, I've definitely been very impressed with that, the, the Oregon Duck uh, line play on both sides of the ball. Very physical up front on the offensive uh, side of the ball. And their defensive front seven knows how to get after the quarterback. I went to go see Oregon play two weeks ago against uh, Arizona State. And I was able to show my girl an NFL quarterback. You know what I'm saying? It was a totally uh, different skill set. You know, right. Bo Nick is really elevated. But I don't. I believe even if they win, they're still going to get that number four spot. We're going to have to face them Longhorns. I mean, which is going to be a precursor to next year because we got to play Texas uh, in our in our preseason schedule next year. So. Um, Either way it goes, I think whoever gets that fourth spot is is going to be a, a formidable foe. But mm-hmm. which brings me to my next point of discussion. We'll we'll be getting the three spot though. We'll be getting the three. Okay. But whoever it is, 
I'm just looking to get past that first round mm-hmm. at this particular point. Yeah, that's a, that's a good that's a that's a uh, a positive uh, winning season. Then you know what right. I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. If we obviously we've we've done it the first two seasons, now let's take the next step, right? Mm-hmm. And we're going to in order to do that. To your point, we're going to have to be healthy. We're going to have to have guys step up. We're going to have to have guys playing out of their minds. Um, Kyle, I know you spoke about when Zach got hurt and it was kind of that, that, that shot in the arm that we may have needed. Um, I thought it was huge when Blake had scored a short time after the injury and he threw up the six, five and in, in, in solidarity of his brother. And I've been seeing this all year long in, in different other, uh, shows and, uh, deals I, I got going on where this team just plays for each other. They continue to yeah. show up. For the man to their left and the man to their right. These guys are brothers through and through. And to me, that really is the sexy thing about this team is the fact that with all the distractions between Coach Harbaugh, you got guys making crazy NIL money, mm-hmm. all, all of the different things that these guys could be focused on. But what I'm seeing by how they play and how they treat each other on the field, they're focused on each other. And because they're focused on each other, they're moving in lockstep in the same direction to try to secure a another Big Ten championship three in a row, and b let's get deeper into this playoff and possibly bring home a national championship to Ann Arbor. You know, you know what I say? It's great to be a Michigan Wolverine. Yep, <laughs> all day. So yeah, since we're talking about the playoff, let's just say everything everything stands pat. It, it ends up being Georgia, Michigan. <laughs> Washington and Florida State. Right. How big of a threat could the Huskies could be to us? Like we, we spoke about this before. Mm-hmm. I think you and I. I don't. I can't remember. Like I said, we, we have. I think I said we haven't beaten Washington since Warren Moore. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No, no, no. We beat Washington. My not freshman in, year. Not in the bowl game. Not in the yes, bowl game. Yes, it was. It was. It was the Rose Bowl. When? When Napoleon called 19, me? Uh, 19, 1993. That was Napoleon Crossman and Steve Edman, right? That was – we beat Washington in 1993. You sure? 1993. I mean, he was there, uh, right? I was there. I was on the sidelines, bro. He could have been there, man. You might have been uh, chilling over there. Might have slipped something. (laughs) No, true freshman. Okay, I couldn't remember that. That's the only time, like I said, I couldn't remember. uh, That, that That was Tyrone Wheatley coming out party. Okay. All right. There you go. You're right about that. You think? So, so we got the top four right now, and then we still have uh, who is it? Uh, Oregon. Texas. Texas, uh, Oregon, Texas, Alabama. Alabama, and the team down south. Now, out of those four teams, one of those got gets in. Three who do you think could be the biggest threat? It sounds like you guys are saying it could be Oregon. What do you think? No, it's either Oregon or Texas. Either one of the teams. Because those are two different fights, two different styles right there. You know, yeah, that's a, yeah. a SEC team. You know what I'm saying? And a, a Pac-12 team. You know, those are two different styles. And they're going to clash. And, and you know, uh, the SEC versus Pac-12, man, look at every bowl game. You know, they get smashed. They, they can't keep up with the strength and the power of them big linemen down south. You know what I'm saying? So, Texas is the threat. Yeah, I definitely think Texas will, will be a better matchup um, mm-hmm. for us, at least in that first round. Honestly, 
we're like I said, we're going to have to play out of our minds. Um, I, I definitely don't want to see us going into that Georgia game. I, I think whoever Georgia faces in that first round, they they're, they're they should win. And with that being said, we get to the championship game. We have to go in with the proper mindset. And when I mean what I mean by proper mindset, not thinking, not hoping, but knowing we're going to find a way to win this game, whatever it takes to get it done. Hey, I'll tell you what, though. We're just going to keep it funky. Them Buckeyes would beat Texas, Alabama, and Oregon. I don't know. I disagree. I, 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 I disagree purely to Kyle's they point. Damn near, they, damn near beat, they damn near beat Georgia last year. Hey, like I said, with that quarterback play right now, Honda McCord. Honda McCord. No, no, no. Hey, I definitely wouldn't trust it at this point. Purely based off the fact that that young man showed me that pressure bust pipes, and he wasn't ready for to to be prime time. He looked like TJ Stroud last year. But so now let's go back to we talk about Stroud and the level of athleticism that he brought and he was shook. And so obviously this current quarterback doesn't have that level of athleticism. Now take marginal athleticism on top of a weak mindset under the lights. It's in, order, in order for Ohio state to compete, they need a quarterback that may look like Troy. That may look like, uh, Barrett may look like uh, Haskins. If you get where I'm going here, no, <laughs> I mean, so, hey, hey, so look, so hey, let's address the elephant in the room because it's kind of been a quasi running joke um, with me and, and, and other former Wolverines that this is the first time we've seen a white quarterback. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Let's let, like, right, we're going to call a spade a spade. It's the first time we see yeah. a white quarterback. Uh, for the Buckeyes in years, uh, probably almost 10 years. Um, the last time, I know when my last year playing them, they had a white quarterback. I don't really know who came after them, and then there was a run. Chris Pringle. Okay, but they had a run of very talented uh, quarterbacks with great arm strength, great mm -hmm. arm talent, great athleticism, and on top of so, – uh, Few of those guys were actually really good quarterbacks who were mm -hmm. athletic, and and some of those guys were athletic guys who got to play quarterback. Right, Chris Kringle was the last one, and he won that championship against Miami. There you have it. Oh. So, and what happened to him? And again, that just seems like a name that kind of faded into obscurity after the fact. But all that to be said, getting back to the original point, based off of what they have right now, and I think. The Wolverines showed it. All you really have to do is take Marvin Harrison out of the equation. Yep, and, and then when you get an opportunity to get their running back, uh, Travion, I believe his name is, get him on the ground, just don't allow him to get any yak. And once you stop those those two parts of the equation, you're pretty comfortable. I thought Stover, um, their tight end, was going to have a little bit bigger game against us. He was nullified for, for the most part. And I think the other piece behind it too is by disguising your your coverages 
for their quarterback, I don't think he saw or, or was used to seeing what we threw out there at him, and it caused him some confusion and hesitation. Along with the four-man rush, not to mention those exotic blitzes, he was off the rockers. Right. So all the all that to be said, uh, he, there's still a learning curve for that young man. Um, he he could come into his own, but as I see it right now, if by hook or by crook they make it into the playoffs, and they have to play one oh. of those teams outside of us, yeah, it's a bad day. Yeah, see, Aaron Nolan is coming in next year, so we got that same type of uh, quarterback, like we were saying, a black quarterback is coming. Aaron Nolan will be a starter uh, next year. Uh, Marvin Harrison is, was quoted saying that he's never seen a defense like right. that. Yeah, that, not that defense uh, scheme played against him. Yeah, so. so, again, our defense. A lot of never been seen that when people talk about Michigan. Right. But, again, that goes back to Jim Harbaugh and his ability to build – a quality coaching staff, as I've been saying time and time again, you got guys that are young enough to identify and relate with the new era of player, but you got guys that are old enough and experienced enough to bring quality coaching and instruction to the guys and put together some quality schemes that, hey, Marvin Harris has said it himself. He's never seen nothing like that. All right, so, yeah, before we do talk about uh, Harbaugh real quick, I do want to talk about Coach Moore, who – done a stellar job in these three games. So I do want to ask um, you think he's going to be back next year? I'm I'm fully expecting for him to get some uh, yeah. if he if he doesn't get a job, he'll be uh it'll be the travesty. He'll be, he'll be Eric beginning me my beginning me eyes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Definitely, right. man. He's going he's going to get a payday. But at the same time, look look look. I can come, I could have came and coached those three three games. Thomas, you could have won those three games. Oh, there's you know no what doubt. Yeah, all you have to do is steer that ship. You know what I'm saying? Steer the ship uh, and make high-percentage calls. That was one in the offseason. That was one during the week. When Harbaugh was sitting there in his hotel at his career watching that game, that was his schemes being uh, being ran. Moore was there for galvanization. You know what I'm saying? That's why they they interchanged those coaches during the first three weeks. You know, I think it was Mike Hart and then the other cat and then Moore. Look, man. Like I say, uh, yeah, Thomas, you could have came up there, you know, probably put up, you but know. The other, but the other piece of that, too, though, is all that to be said, you still have to go out there and do it under yep. the brightest of lights and the biggest of circumstances and your first time doing it, right? So, again, all that to be said, Coach Moore did a fabulous job. Yeah, did. I don't see, I don't see him going anywhere. I think the the university would be at a loss because, again, here we go with, well, the Bears are entertaining looking at Harbaugh to bring them in as as a new head coach. Um, I'm sure Jimmy's going to be downplaying that. AR focuses Iowa and winning the national championship, blah, blah, blah. But when we talk about recruiting, because to me that's going to be the thing that keeps us in these conversations is, first of all, you got to win. Secondly, having the ability to attract and retain these four or five-star individuals. And once we get that level of talent in, how do we coach these young men up to make them ready to go out there on Saturday? So all these different layers, if you will, um, need to be addressed. But I still think we're in a really good position. If I was a young kid coming out right now, well, I don't know if Coach Harbaugh is going to be there. And 
if that is in fact the case, but we get Coach Moore to say, hey, I'm not looking to go anywhere. I love what I do. I love this team, blah, blah, blah. I can still say as a recruit, well, if Coach Harbaugh leaves, there's a higher probability mm-hmm. that the university right. should keep more in from interim head coach to head mm-hmm. coach based Promoted. off of his body of work. So now we're not out here scrambling, looking and and trying to do a Michigan State right now and bring in yeah. some guy yeah. from, you know, Oregon State or some obscure sort of situation to come in here and to start back from scratch. Yeah. Where Moore would already have had his his uh his staff in place. The kids mm-hmm. already know him. He's pretty much already built a name for himself. So his ability to go out and recruit the best of the best, he's going to be right up there with everyone else if Coach Harbaugh does decide to leave. Now, again, these things need to be addressed sooner than later mm-hmm. so that we don't have kids decommitting and all this other stuff because, again, we know everything is is very um, flaky at this particular time. And, yeah. you know, kids are looking for – I want to come in now. I want to win now. Nobody's trying to stick it out a couple of two, three years and build a program to be a part of something special. They want to come into something that is already special. I think that's the big difference. Yeah, as you were saying about the recruiting, there were a lot of recruits in the house uh, for Saturday's game. There was uh, Bryce Underwood was there, the number one quarterback for 2025, uh, five-star safety, DJ Pickett. Um, He's the number one player in Florida, top 10 player. Receiver, uh, Gatlin Bear, four-star receiver, Caden Strayhorn, Marcus yeah, Wimberly, many yeah. others. There was like 70 recruits in the house for that game. Right, so, right. Um, I guess I want to ask, like, being in that atmosphere, how much do you – and getting the win, obviously. How much do you think right. that actually affect, affects the recruiting? I mean, it's huge at that particular point. You're coming from high school, getting the – you know, literally uh, what game was the highest-watched game during that – that tenure right there, right? It was the Michigan-Ohio yeah. State game. And mm-hmm. so not only to get the W, but to, but to also be in the the uh, after afterglow, if you will, everybody rushes the field just to be down there. You're seeing Charles Woodson. You're seeing yeah. uh, Desmond yeah. Howard. Yeah. You know, um, I know a lot of the guys that came back, so there were right. other players yeah. sprinkled out on the sidelines and in the stands. So you're seeing all of these Michigan standouts, these Michigan greats, and to just be a part of that electrifying atmosphere, the Bama-Auburn game, the Iron Bowl. Ooh, that's yeah. cool. That pass. <laughs> right. And so my point being is they didn't garner the same level of television, television attention as we did in, in last week's game. So as a recruit, just to be in that particular environment, alone one of the largest stations uh stadiums if not the largest stadium in the country get a massive w the everybody's rushing the field just the pandemonium that came along with that you can't tell me that those recruits weren't juiced up like yeah i can definitely see myself doing this yeah so uh another news uh harbaugh's been free you know he's back from the <laughs> three game suspension right um, right and I do want to ask you guys, do you think this is like how much motivation does it provide or could it be another distraction? I'm just, you know, wondering. I the, ain't no distraction. No, no. That's, that's the ball coach, baby. It's time to roll, baby. You know what I'm saying? It's the best coach in college. You know, this is my bullshit, baby. You know what I'm saying? Every time I coach wow. right now, 
it don't matter. I can be coaching a team that we're all red. I'm the only one out there with a Michigan hat on and glasses. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Facts. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We about to roll, baby. Welcome back, coach. Everything is going to be other, in order. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it's, it's time now. The other piece to that, too, though, Kyle, is I would say it, was a, it would be a distraction if Jimmy had not been there, if Jimmy was to have been excluded from all football activities, uh -huh. i.e., no practices, things of that nature. But Jimmy has been there from day one in the building, in the meetings with the coaches. Nothing has changed other than, okay, on Saturday he's back on the sidelines, right? Yeah. So uh, Coach Moore still calling the plays. Everything's pretty much intact. Now instead of Moore having to do three things, coach the offensive line, call the plays, and manage the game. Coach Sharon Moore has done a fabulous job wearing three hats in one. Now we're going to take one of those hats off, let him get back to his normal duties, coaching the offensive line, calling plays. And um, like I said, I think this is going to be a time where the boys are going to want to press the gas. Hey, uh -huh. coach, they tried to take you away from us. We got you back. This one's from you. I described it as this. Michigan is a hydra. And they try to cut off one of our heads. They try to cut off the head, not expecting mm -hmm. more heads to sprout and grow and for us to still to be as effective as we were. So yeah. with all that being said, we are now back to full strength. It's kind of like uh, Voltron, uh, <laughs> where all the lions came together and united yeah. into one. We're back at it right now. We're going to press the gas on these boys. So I'm super excited to see what happens in this big team championship game. But this is what I want to know. This is what I, I, I hope not to see. I hope not to see a powerful Maryland team in the playoffs. That's our poison. That style. You get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Yep. And we're gonna get a we're likely to see that. We got that versus TCU last year last year. Well, but the but the big thing about it too is I think we are better prepared. That Maryland game for me was just the right seasoning we needed for this for this OSU game. I knew OSU was going to be a four-quarter game. Prior to Maryland, when have we had to play a full four quarters? When did we really have to go and take the game and make the game ours? The Maryland game got us ready for that. I think we went and did that against um, OSU. What I'm looking for against Iowa, though, is, is a fast, dominating start and pressing the gas from start to finish. Let's learn how to put teams away early and keep them put to bed. Beat them NyQuil, give them the Benadryl, whatever it takes, but put yeah. them boys to sleep and all the way throughout the game. I I felt like in the Maryland game, we gave them some, some glimmers of hope that they were able to stay with us. Maryland is going to be a really good team probably in the next two to three years if they get it, the it right guys the, in there. We got the same game from them last year. You know right. what I'm saying? Man, and then we man, I, I, got that. Yeah. This year. And I've been saying it time and time again. Maryland has literally turned into our Indiana. Because yeah. I know when, mm -hmm. when when I played, Indiana used to always play us tough. And it was always the game before Ohio State. So whatever team that's kind of put into that next to last slot, mm. for whatever reason, we always yeah. get their best shot. So, yeah, this Saturday, um, Big Ten Championship. Obviously, we're uh, playing Iowa. Uh, 8 p.m. kickoff, you know, primetime game. 
Um, really, really quickly. Um, what's going to be the key to getting our third straight Big Ten championship, guys? Well, uh, let me get this. First of all, I'm just going to put it like this. Uh, I think McCarthy didn't play in the fourth quarter, like three quarters of the season. He won't play in the fourth quarter in this one either. Oh, wow. Go ahead. That's how you feel? That's what it is. Okay. Um, for me, all I'm looking for, as I said before, is consistency of the symphony of violence, as I like to call it. I like that. Play, you can use that if you want. I didn't trademark it yet. Okay. Yeah, symphony of violence. What I'm looking for is our ability to snatch these guys so early. We just got to beat these guys up. Um, looking for continued continuity, and especially now up front, like I said, the guys that are going to be the starting five have had a lot of time together. Zach not being there is obviously going to be a, a key loss, but I believe these guys that we got as our starting five have enough playing experience between them and then um, looking at the amount of time that they have had to play together, I think we're going to be all right up front. JJ, just go be JJ. Win the turnover battle and don't let the Hawkeyes think they have a chance in hell as far as sticking with us in this game. So hopefully we're right. Like 13 points a game anyway. Right, but, you know, they got a decent enough defense. Uh, they play hard, but again, snatch the soul early. Put these boys to bed, and um, let's get after it. Um, one of the things I'm really looking to see is making sure we get out of there healthy. No yeah. major injuries, nothing nothing sketchy like that. Obviously, got to keep J.J. healthy. So the big boys up front got to do their job. Like, literally, you got to take this personal. Um, mm -hmm. And speaking of quarterback play, I was happy to see Orgy get, get the uh, play that he got. Oh, yeah. Early, early play, well. yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, exactly. Where, where it was, you know, kind of crucial, and I think that was a little bit of gamesmanship on Coach Moore's behalf. Obviously, JJ is JJ, but when you bring Orgy in, I wonder what Day and his defensive coordinators were thinking, especially when he got that first, you know, big run. He was like, Jesus, what are we going to do with this? Because this is something that we hadn't prepared for, and we haven't seen this young man even in the games that J.J. didn't compete in at towards the end of the game, mm -hmm. we maybe saw Orgy once or twice. It was yeah, always the other backups. Yep. So I definitely feel like Orgy could be that guy coming in the next season if J.J. decides to leave. I hope J.J. decides to stay. Um, I still think there's some seasoning he needs before going to the NFL, but it is what it is <laughs> at this point. Hey, before going before you go to New England? Yeah. Right. <laughs> Take a pay cut to go to the NFL, right? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But yeah. uh yeah, man, it's it's gonna be interesting to see how this team bounces back for the twenty fourth season. Mm -hmm. Especially with that preseason uh schedule we got coming up and yeah. all the Pac twelve teams coming over. That's it for this week's episode of Under the Wings Helmet. Thank you to our sponsors, Jabs Jim and Juke. Also, be sure to check out Under the Wing Helmet merchandise at ASAPElite.com. Come back next week where we start to build up to the college football playoff. And be sure to listen to us on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and the Believe Podcast Network. You can also watch us on ASAPElite.com and the ASAPElite YouTube channel. For Thomas Gwines and Rob Penn, I'm Kyle Hell Simmons. Yeah. Go Blue. Hell yeah. <laughs> Go Blue, boys. <laughs>
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.